Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Get in my belly! Come on! Get in my belly! Come on! Get in my belly! Come on! Get in my get in my get in my get in my belly! Come on! I think that's I think that's the single greatest artistic achievement of my entire life so far. If you want to hear a remix to that, you should listen all the way to the end of this episode because we did a... (laughs) (laughs) Ryan can't say words. Make sure you listen all the way to the end this week if you want to hear Ryan rap about eating babies. And with that, we're going to start the show. Hey, man! What up, though? It's the What If Podcast. How's Flo Rida doing? Well, he looked good. That's good. (laughs) I didn't... I didn't have it like a physical interaction with him. How how do he look? <laughs> Why do you say you look good? Because you we're, know, we're coming out of the gates hot with with flow rider fashion updates. So <laughs> in 2018, so you guys, uh, we survived you, that stupid shit that was going on for the last week. <laughs> we survived the goddamned circus that is the Super Bowl. We uh, out of here. <laughs> no, they out of here. We fucking stay in here. We in here. That's my town, not their town. Um. Yeah, y'all, many or most of y'all know we live in Minneapolis and the biggest football game in football was here yesterday. Heck. Uh, Yeah, heck indeed. It was, um, I mean, like, partially like, oh yeah, that's like, that's a thing that we'll never see again and it's kind of interesting, but also like, yeah, they kind of fucked up the whole town and militarized our city and... I didn't go anywhere near anything all week. I, um... I went downtown once on like... Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I went down once, went went downtown once as well on Saturday, and then I went downtown on Friday Ugh. to to, to a party. To, so a friend of mine uh, is uh, the director of promotions at a local radio station and often has tickets to things that he, sh- A, should not have tickets to, and B, doesn't really like want to go to, but also sometimes has to for work. So sometimes he'll be like, Hey guys, uh, do you want to come do this thing to me? Cause I don't want to do it anyway. So I can get you into it we'll and we can all have fun together. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, so I ended up going to a party in downtown Minneapolis on Friday night. That was Aussie. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Although did it a really smart way that I'm pretty proud of took 35 up to Northeast and then took an oh, Uber you- in from Northeast and back out of Northeast. Sure. I mean, I'm just saying we didn't go up the guts. How, it was, much, how much money did you pay to see Florida? I paid zero dollars to see Florida. No, because you took an Uber. Okay. Twice. Twelve dollars and it was an all-inclusive party. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was definitely worth it to so, see Donnie you, Wahlberg and Jenny, <laughs> Ma- Jenny McCarthy co-host a party. I wouldn't pay any amount of money to see either of them. To but, co-host uh, a party that had... Uh, I think I think it's Miley Cyrus's sister DJing and performances Whoa. by Flo Rida. It was hosted in a warehouse Yikes. space that had like a 300 item super auction for very rich people with like signed helmets and movie posters and there was like Did you buy any Donnie Wahlberg memorabilia? I did not buy any Donnie Wahlberg memorabilia. What the hell? There was a fucking VR like uh shooter game. We were like putting on fucking VR goggles and like Fighting together, dude. It was the fucking weirdest party I've ever been to. Yeah, man. I I just tried to stay the fuck from. Ever. I went down to see the Wolves game on Thursday night, and okay. just got in and out as quickly as possible. I very and, and took the train. I very much embraced the uh, the the you only yolo once uh, mindset Oof. on Friday. I was like, this is gonna be weird, and I'm into weird, so let's make it happen. <laughs> well, while you were doing that. On, on Friday, Friday night, I ended up uh, speaking of being in the Northeast. I should have come over after. Yeah, man, could have hung out with Gucci Man and Migos at the <laughs> studio on Friday. Shit. <laughs> the worst part is you didn't take a picture. Yeah, it. It, mm. it all okay. First of all, it feels really weird to be working with somebody and then be like, "Hey, man, can I take a picture with you." Of I like, mean. A 30-year-old dude who's been working with a 23-year-old dude for the last couple hours being like, hey, bro, can I take a picture with you? 
That's true. This guy that, that I host a podcast with would think it's cool. Hello, amigos. <laughs> Dear amigos. Are you the amigos? Dear group of amigos. Yeah. Hello. But it was, it was Hello, amigos men. <laughs> Ended up uh, with some free substances afterwards. Oh, they shouldn't have. I don't think it was intentional. Uh <laughs> It, it, it might have been. They might have been like, well, we brought this here, but we can't really bring it back home. Oh, that's a good point. And, uh, yeah, they probably fly private. And a sheet of uh, legal pad paper with some hand pencil written Gucci lyrics. I'm 100% dedicated to getting a uh, eight and a half by 11 frame and framing that in this room. There it is. You know, we've got some, we got some listener gifts up in here. We've got some tapestries. Some, uh, we got, we got space sheets. <laughs> we might yeah, as well add yeah, Gucci yeah, main bars instead of things. Perfectly. But we survived guys. We survived and we're back in action. And we're talking about fucking medical mysteries today. Did we, did we, uh, did we agree upon my, 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 what um, was it again? What if medicine defied reason? Uh, sure. Dun, dun, dun! I was going to go with what if you were a medical mystery? A human being is a medical mystery. Right, that's mostly what we're talking about. About human beings who are medical mysteries? Yeah, dog. I mean, I guess that's relatively true. You want to start with the fat guy or the skinny guy? <laughs> where, are we, where are we kicking it off? I mean, I guess I guess I feel like uh, you got you to gotta get fat to get skinny, right? We'll go with the eat everything guy, then the eat nothing guy. That's what I was thinking. Deal. Because you got to eat it all so that you could eat nothing. Right. Everyone's like, what the fuck are they talking about right <laughs> Why now? Why don't you enlighten we, us? We Okay, wait. I should just rewind really quickly and be like, Spencer posited the idea that we have, there are a shitload of very weird, like, human beings who seem to, in some capacity, whether it's through their behavior or their body or whatever, defy, like, anything that we believe modern medicine to be uh, true in, and then sent me a list of shit, and I was like... Whoa, what the fuck? That's weird. Whoa, what the fuck? That's weird. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And I was like nine stories deep before I was like, yeah, okay, we yeah. got we to gotta do this. All right. So here we are. Tell us about the, the dude who ate everything. Get in my belly. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So it's better than you pretending to be fat bastard like you have on several other episodes for some reason. I'm glad you've finally acquiesced to my request and brought him in the right way. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Now I don't have to do that bad accent and we can actually, uh, we can have him here whenever we want want to um tarare sometimes uh i it might be tarare but i don't know uh what do you want to go with do you want to go to tarare tarare yeah he's very rare okay well there's only one there well as far as we know there can only be one tarare uh we don't actually know if this is tarare's real name but it was how he was known in the medical journal that wrote about him in france uh, in the late, or I would say early to late nineties, uh, Terrer was a soldier. <laughs> and my favorite is the line in this article noted for his unusual eating habits, which it's I a bit of an understatement. I would say is a massive, massive <laughs> understatement. So Come here, I'm going <laughs> to eat you. God damn it. It's so good. I'm so glad it's here. <laughs> Uh, so, so Terrer is born in France, uh, near a city called Lyon, uh, in or around 1772. We don't have a ton of good documentation of where he's from and when, um, but we know that, uh, we know that he existed and that he existed around that time. Uh, part of why we know he existed was because some of the documentation of him that we have is that. As a child and in his early teens, Terrer was documented as eating a quarter of a bullock, which a what a bullock isn't is that, that isn't that a kind of bull? Uh, I don't know. Or I mean, a cattle, a cattle, a cattle, a cow. Uh, it's another term for a steer. So yes, you're okay. Mostly correct. Hey. Nice. We all eat cows. We That's learned, not mo much of an accomplishment. We learned we learned something from our cattle mutilations episode about <laughs> how to who, the difference between male and female cows, as you put it. Was it Allie who hit us up about growing up on a farm or something like that and uh, helped us understand cow life? 
You dumb fucks. You bunch of idiots. So he ate a cow. No, he ate not a, impressed. So no, far. he ate a quarter of a cow in a single day that weighed as much as he did. That's a little more impressive. Yeah, eating your own body weight in a day is pretty. Yes. <laughs> pretty strong move. The the strange part though was this was not uh, this was not some man versus food challenge where you got a free T shirt out of it he because he ate that. <laughs> he was just hungry. And would sometimes do this oh, that would suck. like regularly because he was so hungry. Somehow his body could take in. Yeah. How would you possibly process that? I don't even know. Die? I don't even know. I legitimately don't know. At one point know. did he actually weigh twice what, like where's, where literally, where does it go? I don't, I don't, I can't, I Are don't just know. Constantly shitting. You, I mean, maybe you might be like, f- like ramming food through your system so quickly that you gotta, you gotta Ugh. keep it going in and out. Ugh. Um, but, but long story short, his appetite was so unique and strange that, uh, he, he was so hungry. So consistently his parents had to like disown him. Cause they couldn't afford to feed they him. They couldn't feed him anymore. They were like, dude, you gotta Yikes. go figure it out. Yikes. So he joins up with a band of miscreants, like thieves and prostitutes. Yeah, I mean, you got to be stealing. Yeah, begging, stealing. It, so what would happen if he didn't eat constantly? He just I, had this like the only insatiable thing I could, desire to be eating? That was the that was all I could figure out. There wasn't like a physical negative consequence if No, if it, it wasn't like his body required that much food to Is it, like what? carry on? But it was that he was so insanely hungry that he would eat vast amounts of food to the point where he would eat, like, anything. Like, non-food things? Like, definitely non-food things. What's the, uh, there's a, mm, there's a, there's a syndrome, Prater-Willi syndrome. Prater-Willi syndrome. Yeah, I think that has, mm, Please hold. Yeah, okay. Beginning in childhood, affected individuals develop an insatiable appetite, which leads to chronic overeating and obesity. Was it related to that at all? Did you did you come across anything about that? As far like as a I really, could see? An extreme form of, of that? No, because as far as I could find, he wasn't, like, insanely obese from the amount that he ate. Like, he was, he was of average... Build height. He didn't like. He didn't just like lay around all day and eat bread and cheese and turn into a four hundred pound monster. He could like somehow continue to eat vast amounts of food and not have it affect his body shape. Because if you're absorbing that stuff too, you'd think it would do. You would overload on like every substance in your body. Like what do you mean? Vitamins and minerals and all that stuff. You would think it would just be like. How do you? How are you possibly processing all of that? Well, for the most part, as far as I've like, been able to like tell, your if liver we, and stuff has to process all of the all those nutrients and yeah, but if it those, physically has to go somewhere, you're shitting out 300 pounds of food in a day, or whatever you said. I mean, I mean, early teen, so they said 150. But I mean, I like what? I thought of that like that maybe it was you know like a hind quarter of a cow that was 70 pounds, but he didn't eat the bones, so like you know maybe it was like. Still, but like even you if it's take a forty-pound, thirty-pounds of meat, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's insane. What? I don't know. I don't know. It just so, logistically, doesn't seem possible. No, I, I completely agree with you. But like, this How, shit is so aggressively documented, it's crazy. Okay, that was my next question. Yeah, he, he, we're the, sure that this hasn't been grossly exaggerated. The pharmaceutical uh, Baron Percy wrote a paper on his medical history in the Memoir sur la Polyphagie. Oh, the memoir of the polyphagie. Yeah, nailed yeah, okay. it. Boom. I've read that. But this guy's capacity to uh, to to consume was so great that he started using it as like a street performer and would entertain people for money to buy more food and would eat things. It's actually not a bad system. Well, yeah, except it is because he oh. started eating corks and stones and small live animals, and in one of his main tricks, swallowing what? an entire basket of apples, basket whole, included, one at a time. Wait, 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 wait. 
So he also that can't get through your throat. So you put a whole apple in your it wouldn't even fit in your mouth. That's what generally what I a snake? thought too. Are we discussing um, a snake and not a man? Is that possible? No, although strangely, uh, one of the things documented was that he expressed a general love of snake meat and ate snake meat whenever he could. That's check this out. How often? Jesus, when he had when he had not eaten, (laughs) his skin would hang so loosely he could wrap a fold of skin from his abdomen Uh, nearly around his waist. So he would, and after consuming, his abdomen would distend like a gigantic balloon. So he's a snake. The skin of his <laughs> cheeks was wrinkled. He's shedding, and and he and he swells up when he eats something. He's definitely a snake. Kind of. The skin of his cheeks was wrinkled and hung loosely, and when stretched out, he could hold up to twelve eggs in his mouth. What the fuck? Right. There's also a rabbit. Um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't mind me. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Just trying to make sense of this thing that makes no sense. No, I, I get it. I get it. So uh, what, how, remind me, how old was he when all this stuff was happening? Well, like, did this guy live a long time? No, he did not live a long time. Okay. Which, which we can get to in a second. <laughs> cause, cause I'll tell you what guys, hang on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> it gets weirder from here. It's going off the rails in Fuck. a second. Okay. So, so he's street performing and eating, swallowing whole apples. Yep. Yep. And live animals. Uh, uh, live animals. Um, oh, uh, okay. He joins the French Revolutionary Army and starts eating military rations, which, as you can imagine, were not enough to suffice a guy who was eating twelve apples at a time. So he moved and- up to eating tanks. <laughs> Hey, bro, let me borrow your tank right quick. Just finding the largest items he can. It was the 1700s. I don't think tanks were around at that time. Hmm. But, you know, um, he uh, he tried to basically, like, he would trade favors with people, like, do their work for them so that he could have their meals instead. He was, like, wow. doing tasks to try to get food. Um <laughs> I don't even want to read it. It's so bad. Uh, <laughs> I ate a baby. Is it that bad? Sure is. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sure is. Heck. Um. <laughs> so, I guess. <laughs> just, just read it. Just, I don't. Just literally read what you're looking at. Okay. So, whatever you wrote in your notes, just read it out loud. He starts to eat weirder stuff, which included at one point being presented with a live cat and he was so hungry he shredded into the cat and ate it. Get in my belly! <laughs> yep. Come on! <laughs> yep. What the hell? Uh, who's, who's off? I mean, I got to uh, imagine, like, if you... What year was this? 1770 uh, probably didn't have animal cruelty laws, I No, guess. and I think... You know, you're in the you're in the French Revolutionary War, and you've got this like insane. People are just eating cats left and right. No, no, I'm saying like you've got this you've got this insane random street performer skill. I'm saying you're in the French Revolutionary War. You probably like you don't have a whole lot to do with your time, and if you're really hungry, I bet you your buddies are like, "Hey, man, eat this shit," and he'd be like, "All right, deal, I'm done," and he would just you don't eat draw random the, shit. The, the line at currently living things, though. Um, that's a little extreme. I mean, I would. <laughs> Good, but <laughs> glad to hear it. You know, you're you're not terrier, I guess. No, he uh, he comes back from the military and basically is trying to get a cure. Which surprised it took him this long. Um, but tries tobacco pills and wine vinegar and <laughs> soft boiled eggs, which Cure, I guess is for things. which I guess is the extent <laughs> of uh, fucking what what like medicine could do at the time. Well, uh, swallow some tobacco. Uh, yeah, drink some vinegar. This this rub, says, rub some dirt on it. This says he was he. They prescribed him loud laudanum, which is basically opium. Okay. So, you know, like, yeah, you can't eat if you're fucking high and lay, lounging around in the hospital, bro. I mean, we still basically do that. I guess that's kind of true. Still giving people opiates for almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he. This is the worst. Yeah, dude. I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up here. <laughs> okay. Long story, long story short, uh, he is in the hospital trying to get cured of his insane appetite disorder uh, <laughs> with heroin and tobacco. Yes, and eggs. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, at some point, Ugh. after eating things in the streets, including out of like rubbish heaps and outside of butcher shops. He somehow gets accused of eating a toddler? I'm disturbed. I don't know why I decided to do this. Correct. Thanks, Rob. Facts. Somehow gets accused of? Is is the reason for that accusation because he did that? I don't know. Cool. It just says after being suspected of eating a toddler. My mistake. <laughs> However... So is it they, the end of the story? They or, kick him out of the hospital, and uh, four years wait, later, he ate a, a toddler who was also in the hospital. We don't know exactly. That's so where, much worse. We don't know where the toddler was. Fuck. He was he was leaving the hospital because the hospital a wasn't curing his appetite, uh. and b wasn't giving him him enough food, so he took to the streets. So my thought is that he maybe took to the streets and ate a baby. Uh. Jesus Christ. Uh, four, let's, let's hope he didn't. Four years later, they find him in Versailles, suffering from severe tuberculosis and mm. a lengthy bout of exudative diarrhea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That, I don't know how tuberculosis is related, but I I would imagine that you would be constantly shitting. Yeah. Uh, ex- exudative diarrhea is often from E. coli and other forms of food poisoning. Well, if you're eating which, live things and trash. Right. <laughs> Probably got a whole bunch of... Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> Lit- literally. I'll eat it. Literally Doesn't a human matter. piece get of in, garbage. Get in. <laughs> yes. Wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. There we go. Come on. <laughs> Come here, I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> Fuck this story. Oh, All right. Oh man. Let's, uh, let's talk about the dude who didn't eat anything. Terrer, uh wait, that oh, I's more to this. No, 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 no. I just I just want to say <laughs> that the uh the doctors wanted to do an autopsy on him because they wanted to figure out Oh, that makes sense. what was happening. And uh, uh he was full of demons, turns out. Well he needed more heroin to, to rid him of demons. <laughs> true. <laughs> no, but they did say that his gullet was found to be abnormally wide. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Which, really cool insight, guys. Well, right. Um, uh, his his stomach was was big. It was, it was bigger than, than the usual stomach. Well, his gullet is like his mouth and his, and his, his jaw. His mouth was big, too. So when he opened up his jaw, they said that they could see a canal directly down into his stomach. Fuck that. What happened, what happened to that guy? Turned into a snake. He went home. I, I guess <laughs> he was a reptilian the whole time. It's a reptilian. Um, the very last detail. Apparently, he ate a gold fork once, and nobody ever found it. And they don't know where the gold uh, fork that's, went. That's the least disturbing part of this whole thing. <laughs> which which but end did he means, put in first? That though? means. To- that's a good question. Point the end of the round end. I feel like you put the round end first, right? Well, I feel like most people would do a lot of things that he that didn't do. That this guy didn't yeah. do? I mean, yeah, dude, they never found the fork. So he either digested <laughs> it fully or passed a fork. Uh, well, I mean, when you're shitting out 50 pounds of diarrhea a day, you might miss a fork or two. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt anyone was checking thoroughly. <laughs> hey, look! <laughs> You know, I think no one's combing through his <laughs> his feasts every day. He's 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 too busy for that. I fucking hate this story. He's can too we, busy can for we that. Be done with this. Uh, we definitely we definitely can. We definitely can. I don't know what's going on with the time over there. Yeah, but, what uh, what is happening? I mean, I don't know. Let's. Are we actually recording? I don't know. I hope so. We should check. It'd be more fun if we are. We should check. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Okay. We'll come back and talk about we'll a be- guy who didn't eat for a year. Yeah, <laughs> which which will be much more fun than what we just. Talked or maybe about. we'll start over. Let's. <laughs> Hey, we're back. 
back, it worked. Hi! I, I do know what I'm doing, apparently. Surprise! We we have success. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a man. There once was a man. Who went 382 days without eating any food. He holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest fast in the history of mankind. It was 1965, and an extremely obese 27-year-old male who weighed 456 pounds, fasted for just over a year under medical supervision, and he lost 276 pounds, meaning he went from 456 to 180 in just over a year. It's like a pound a day. Not not quite. Ish. Not quite. It's 382 days, three 276 of, pounds. Three quarters of a pound a day. Not quite. <laughs> You're getting closer, though. I'm I'm roughing it here. Okay. <laughs> he was uh, he gave, was given <laughs> potassium tablets and a multivitamin every day, and then as much water as he needed, but he consumed zero calories for 382 days. That's mind blowing that your body can do that. So, yeah. Some people have to die doing that, right? Like that can't be that can't be the don't worry about it. So this this was a part of a study to weigh the, eh, to study the effects of fasting in very obese people. And it was originally designed to be uh, a short-term study, like 30 to 40 days. And it was working and he was healthy because they were monitoring him every day. So they were like, do you want to keep going basically? And he kept going until he was at the weight he wanted to be at. And he was checked every day and his all of his vitals and all of his... Everything was fine every day. And so he just kept going until he weighed 180 pounds and then he stopped. His body lived off of his own body fat for over a year. Plus vitamins and water. But yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all insane. Of, all of his energy, all of his calories came from stored body fat. Dude, insane. Which I guess after, like normally your body obviously uses the stuff you've eaten most recently. Right. And then... If that's not there, and after several days, moves on to just it's like burning hey man, fat. We ain't got no choice here. And if you if you're active and like if you do resistance or weight training during that time, it, you don't lose muscle mass either. Sure, it, it'll recognize that those are being used and not deplete the, your muscle mass. I still don't know how you don't get like tired or like. I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't feel good for a, a big year. portions of that. Yeah. But, but, I, but I guess if you're... You don't feel very good at 456 pounds probably either. That's true. And if you're if you're doing it under medical supervision in an effort to basically turn your life around and yeah. change your life. But to answer your question, other people have tried long-term <laughs> fasting and at least five have died. Okay. Yeah. So it, I'm assuming those everyone. were not under constant medical supervision though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also checked in with him five years after... He was done fasting and he still <laughs> like, weighed. Hey man, do you weigh 456 pounds again? He, he weighed 195. So in five years he had gained 15 pounds. Damn. Yeah. And was still like a pretty normal weight. Damn. I don't know how tall this dude was, but. I mean, that's a, that's a relatively normal non-obese weight for most heights. Yeah. Um, wow. Unlike our previous friend who was shitting constantly. Who who quite literally shit himself to death. Probably. Uh, this gentleman only shit every 40 to 50 days. Whoa! Which is kind of crazy because you're not actually ingesting anything. Well, what do you mean? He didn't ingest anything for a year. What's well, coming out? I mean, the byproducts of your body dealing with your fat, right? But does that go through your digestive system? Um, no, but I guess your body is still burning it and there are byproducts, I guess. Um, apparently there were every month or two. Every month or so. <laughs> Woof. It's, dude, in a year he took, like, he, he took a shit shits. like eight times. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Woof. Uh, what, man, that yeah, could but not you know have been he, an enjoyable but you know experience. But you piss like a racehorse every single day. Well, yeah, if all you can consume You're probably is water. crushing water. Yeah. Man, yeah. how, how does it... Just drink a bunch of water real fast and you don't feel hungry for five minutes. I guess. Just doing that all the time. I mean, I feel like 
I feel like with vitamins though, don't they always say that vitamins require there to be some sort of like substance in your belly to attach to, to actually get a nutritional value out of them? I mean, I don't know if he was just taking like a store-bought multivitamin or you can, I'm sure they were injecting it. Yeah, that's true. Because he that's was true. direct to the bloodstream vitamins. Seeing a doctor on a daily basis or for parts or of it. Living in a living hospital, in a practically. Hospital. Yeah. Dude, I think the one thing that I thought about, I mean, obviously, like the Terrera example is super duper extreme and is like a low key carnival act, but like, I think it's also from 200 some years ago. Right. So I question all of that. All of the validity of yeah. it. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. But like, this was 50 years ago. But even but even if there's a grain of truth to the Terrera story, which I feel like there is a grain of truth to it, sure. The the combo of the two things is just like the severity of the human Your body can do a lot, man. Whoa. For better or worse, your Woof. body can do a lot. Woof, dude. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, do I get into Wim Hof? I would love to get into Wim Hof. Okay. Did you so did you look into this stuff at all or is this like I know, I know that this is the cold guy. Like I know, <laughs> the ice man. like that the, the ice, ice man. man. Like yeah. the that is that is the extent of of what I really understand about him. Okay. He's like the David Blaine of. <laughs> it's a terrible of, analogy. Of ice. Didn't David Blaine do an ice thing once? Yeah, but he, he's a magician. He does fake things. Well, let's not. You know, Wim Hof is not a magician. I guess is all I'm trying to say. I think he's equally as. Magical. Uh, magical as one. <laughs> I'm he, I'm kind of not joking from he, what I understand of him. He's a 58-year-old Dutch man. He's 58? Yeah. Who holds multiple world records related to uh, cold. So he, he holds the world record for the longest time submerged in ice at just under two hours. Fuck. And he was monitored during this, and his body, like his core body temperature, did not drop during that time. How do you not get frostbite? I don't know. We're going to get into that in a while. Okay. He climbed. I'll, I'll withhold. <laughs> he climbed Mount Everest up to 20, I think it was like 25,000 feet in just a pair of swimming trunks. Uh, which, in, keep in, going. including footwear, he was barefoot climbing <laughs> Mount Everest up to 25,000 feet. Up. Uh, I'll save my questions. I'll take my questions offline. <laughs> he had goggles and a pair of swimming trunks on. He ran a marathon through the desert without any water. Oh, so cold and heat. Yeah, just extremes. Usually cold, but just extremes. And a whole bunch of other really crazy stuff. Yesterday I was the Iceman. Today I'm the Sandman. What up? <laughs> uh, and Is this th- just for the fuck of it? Like, what so, is this guy doing? Great question. He started getting into a bunch of weird stuff in the 90s after his wife and mother of their four kids committed suicide. Ooh. And he just started, like, reevaluating what he was doing with his life and looking for a way to process all of the shittiness that was going on in his life. And came across this form of meditation. It's a Tibetan meditation called Tumo, T-U-M-M-O. Dumo. And he combined that with some breathing techniques, which are basically intentionally hyperventilating. So he'll do this system of breathing where you're taking in breaths, holding your breath, and then sort of forcing your body to take in more oxygen than it needs. Wow. Um, and over time, you hyperventilate. And through those two things, meditating and hyperventilating, he can consciously and intentionally increase his heart rate, adrenaline levels, and blood alkalinity. While being stationary. Yes. This, and this has all been documented in medical studies. He's done it in a lab, hooked up to all sorts of monitoring systems, and he'll sit there I'm just- and he can increase or decrease his body temperature. He can... Raise the a level the level of adrenaline in his body. He can raise or lower his heart rate, and it's stuff that like he says he's definitely not the first person to be able to do this, and he can teach anybody to do it. But he's the first person to have documented it with science. But basically, he says like this is stuff that a lot of Eastern religions and ancient cultures taught everyone how to do, but it just wasn't documented in a way that we find acceptable today. 
Because there are there are lots of legends of like Tibetan monks who would spend weeks at a time on the top of a mountain or in the desert or doing these insane treks where they would walk 50 miles every day and they just weren't documented, you know, with medical journal oversight or whatever cameras and audio and all this stuff. So it was legit legendary, but he's just, he's basically confirming like, yeah, that stuff was real. And also it's not that hard to learn how to do it. (laughs) I'm just envisioning this 58-year-old dude just like with sensors all over him, shirtless in a lab, and they're like, okay, uh, body temperature is 97.6 degrees, and he just like raises his eyebrows at this scientist, and it's just like, boop, 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 boop. So Vice did a documentary, like a 40-minute documentary about this dude a couple years ago, and they sent somebody, they sent a guy and a camera person to go live with him and study with him for like a week. Oh, to like, to like, not to just watch him, but to actually like try his techniques and shit? He claims that you can teach like literally anyone how to do this. Whoa. And that it's not unique to him. Is this dude going to live to be like 170 years old? Probably. He looks amazing for being 58. And they they went to Poland because he runs these like camps out in the mountains in Poland. This dude sounds like a nut. I love it. He's hilarious though and like... Just seems mostly like a regular dude. Like they'll they show him at one point in the documentary, he has him go jump into this. It's like a, like a pool at the bottom of a waterfall. And it's the middle of winter. They're in December in like northern Poland, and the water is actually below freezing, but it's moving constantly, so it doesn't never freeze. freezes. Yeah. How do you not die instantly? Like how does your body not just straight go into shock? And they spend a few minutes in there and then they go back in the house and he starts pouring shots for people and they go like hang out in the sauna and they're down in vodka in the the sauna and stuff. Yes. And he's like sitting by the fireplace shirtless playing his guitar and just acting like like a doofus. So they sent this dude out there to study with him for a week and then they were gonna climb this 1600 meter mountain the Snezka, in, like on the Polish and Czech Republic border. Okay. So he's just going to see like if he could handle it basically? Yeah. So he's saying like, you train with me for a week and then you in a pair of, of fucking hoop shorts can climb this 5,000 foot tall mountain in the middle of December. And so the, the documentary follows like from when they show up, they meet him in Amsterdam and then go out to this mountain in Poland to when they actually hike up this mountain and he's like, now nah, I got, I got to teach your camera person too. Cause she's coming with us and she'll die if she doesn't know how to do this stuff. So he spends a week training the two of them and they do it. They climb. And like the footage is insane because you're five, they're 5,000 feet up on a mountain that everything is covered in snow. Right. Right. And they're, they've, he's got like running shorts and a backpack on. And he's up there like goofing around and doing handstands on top of the mountain and yoga poses and shit. And they're all laughing about it. Because his internal body temperature is not actually it, decreasing. It's 98.6, yeah. <laughs> what in the <laughs> goddamn fuck? So basically he's, and like they interview some of the doctors that he's, uh, that have like met with him and run tests on him and stuff. And yeah. They, you know, they're all confirming like, yeah, this is what we saw, and yes, he's done it many times, and they did the same studies on 12 people that have studied with him. And been able to And they've all it. been able to do the same thing, like, 100% of the time in just sitting. Like, dude can just sit in a chair in a in a lab somewhere. And change his breathing structure and shit. Change the amount of adrenaline in his system, which is not supposed to be... A thing you can control. Right. It, it's a It's an automatic reactionary process of the body. And he can just be like, oh, I need more adrenaline because I'm cold. Bruh. Or I need to speed up my heart rate because I'm cold. Or I need to slow down my body processes because I'm too hot. And he'll do like some of the stuff. He'll go, he does these underwater, he'll go out to like a frozen lake and cut a hole in it and put a stake into the ice and tie a rope around himself and just go swimming around under the lake. What a fucking nut. And he said the first time he did it, after about 35 meters, he went blind because his retinas froze. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit, bud! (laughs) So he's 
He's under the ice in some lake in Poland. Tied- oh, I'm blind. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. Yep. I played with it too much. Oh, I got cocky. And so he had to, oh, shit. He had to find his way back out blind, and then once his retinas thawed out, he could see again. <laughs> Dude literally froze his eyeballs <laughs> underneath the lake. Ah. Yeah. And he, every, whenever he's describing it, like he thinks this shit is hilarious. <laughs> Like, yeah, I went blind under oh, like. <laughs> I couldn't see. <laughs> Another shot. <laughs> Fucking nut bar. Jesus yeah, Christ. Dude. Oh, he also, uh, he never gets sick and he believes he can cure lots of diseases the same, the same way because releasing adrenaline also suppresses your immune system. And so. That sounds like it would be a bad thing though. Yeah, except a lot of things that your immune system, this is all according to according to Wim Hof. That's the worst name I ever heard. <laughs> he, he says something to the extent of like, the things that your body, your immune system reacts to aren't necessarily always harmful. Okay. But the process of reacting to them then has other symptoms, you know, like fever and feeling bad and things like that, things that... Those are immune responses that create those symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the actual, whatever they're responding to, might not actually be harmful. Sure. It's the whole, and like, so, attacking, like, your immune system attacks more than just the bad cells to yeah. get rid of all yeah. the cells that yeah. are bad. And so it's not, like, shutting your immune system off, but you can suppress some of that reaction so that you don't get the symptomatic side of it and your body can just handle it without all the other negative shit. The fuck? So they, one of the, the things they did to him when he was being studied is they have some, I don't remember what it's called, but they inject him, the doctors inject him with something that mimics uh, like a pathogen that your immune system would react to. So it's not actually harmful. dosed him. It's not actually <laughs> harmful to you, but it will elicit this immune response okay. in people. And so usually within a few minutes, people start running a fever, they start sweating, they have a headache, they're... Nauseous. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, and then it goes away within like another few minutes or something. And he was able to like he had no response to it. Whoa. They told me they were gonna do it, and he consciously suppressed his immune system to not react to it. And he just like sat there smiling at him for ten minutes. He's like, You wanna do a shot? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, I feel fucking fine. <laughs> his his philosophy. There's like a lot of philosophy in it too, which is kind of brilliant. He at the end of the this Vice documentary, they're asking him like, "What do you What are you doing, man? What are you doing, bud? <laughs> yeah, like this is cool and all, I guess, but like, what's your What's your end game here? Is this yeah, just yeah. like some weird shit that you He's like, like oh, to do? Oh, I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> what are you talking well, about? And he was saying his his whole uh, his whole philosophy behind it is. To spread love to others. Tight. And like his, his wife dying was sort of the like the, the catalyst for all this. He's saying like, if I feel good and I'm healthy and I'm able to do anything, yeah, I'm going to radiate positive energy to other people. Right. And also now I have this method of helping people be healthy and feel good and have energy that I can relate to them. And then they can go do the same. And he's basically saying, like, right. by breathing differently and thinking differently, everyone can be healthier and happier. And it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't, like, it doesn't take, I can teach you how to do it in a few days. Right. It, it's interesting. It's like, um, you know, you're, we talk a lot about, like, balance, you know, in I guess in life and in health and everything is a balancing act in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's almost like he's created an internal mechanism to set his equilibrium no matter what condition he's in, which is a really like almost magnificent reaction to something that could throw you out of your equilibrium so intensely like but usually a close we don't loved mean that, one taking their own life, you know, like usually when we talk about that, we don't mean it literally and physically though. No, like for he's sure. Taking it several steps further where yes, yes, mentally and in terms of his personal philosophy and stuff, he's done that, but also 
with his body, right. he's done that somehow. Right. Like he in can, ways that we're not supposed to be able to. Right. Like he can meditatively center his mind and he can meditatively center his body in a set of circumstances that threatens to take him out of an equilibrium. And he actually, he says that the two are related in that this form of meditation oh, that he yeah. does uh, allows... Basically, the, the whole point of the meditation is that you're not using any energy thinking about stuff. Well. And that, that frees up, uh, I wrote down the way he actually said, he said, by shutting off the mind, energy gets rerouted to the metabolism. Well, that's an interesting way and to say it. You can use that energy to control your own uh, autonomic systems, which are mm. the, the reactionary, not voluntary systems of the body. It's interesting. I read a, I read a book about... Uh, meditation it was like two years ago now but they obviously don't go that far to say that but they do say that like the absence of like that prescient thought always kind of happening in your brain that we all just we're constantly running a narrative in our heads yeah allows your brain to either consciously or subconsciously redirect like processing power to other parts in your brain which they say is like partially partially the reason that meditation is such a valuable thing because while you're focusing on voiding yourself of like processing thoughts, you're letting your brain naturally in its other locations process things. Yeah. So it's an interesting concept that you could set those processes to freeing do up some bandwidth to do other stuff. Yeah, and in his yeah. case, he's able to control what that other stuff is. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. What it's, the fuck? Yeah. That ice man. <laughs> The, the last Cold thing... Cold as ice. Some people have uh, hypothesized that he has more what's called brown fat. So I guess they're... I don't really know enough about this to confirm <laughs> how gross. valid this may or may not be. <laughs> I guess there are different types of fat in the body and there's some uh, thought that you can actually change the levels of different types of fat in the body through exposure to the cold. Brown fat is a type of fat that better insulates one against the cold. And there's some evidence that by constantly exposing yourself to the cold, you actually generate more resistance to it. Oh, is he a fluffy dude? No. Okay. He's a pretty pretty fit looking guy. He does a bunch of weird yoga and shit. Okay. But I I think it's not so much like the the amount, but the type. Right, right. We all all have some amount of fat, obviously. But I, I think it's... Some types are more effective against cold than the other. That's a fascinating concept. Fascinating. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we have time for one more, or did you have? Uh, um, I got one thing I kind of want to get to. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, let's take one more quick break, and uh, and we'll be okay. right back. And uh, what are we gonna what are we gonna close with today? Encephalitis lethargica. Oh, sweet Jeebus. Mm-hmm. Sounds bad. Sleeping sickness. Gross. Yep. I don't want to go to sleep. Well, we won't. (laughs) Don't let your brains fall up. We'll be back. (laughs) Hello, I'm back with with me bad impressions, yeah. (laughs) Spencer with Davis. With, with, with Spencer, with Davis, <laughs> with Ryan, with oh, Ryan, I, with everyone. I made I made a couple different theme songs for us. I don't know. I don't think any of them are right yet. You're not there yet? No. Can I rap on them instead? Yeah, probably. Tight. <laughs> no, I it. mean, I don't know if they're, they're rap songs, but you can definitely try. Hey, I'll try. You've rapped over stupider shit right here on this show. Show enough. <laughs> We have we have been hoodwinked. We have been hoodwinked. We have we have been hoodwinked. I don't know if I rapped over that one. I think you just made it, and I was like, "Oh no!" I started yeah, I started rapping after you finished. Yeah, sure. You know, encephalitis lethargica, dude. It sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> <laughs> encephalitis lethargica. Oops, you have the plague. <laughs> dude, that would be the dickest spell that's how ever, you, that's man. How you give somebody the plague at Hogwarts? <laughs> they just start barfing. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just named a new Hogwarts STD. Oh no! <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, because you you opened the show talking about eating toddlers, and that wasn't gross at all. Look, you made me do this episode. <laughs> this is right. my fault. You're right. I sent you that stupid fucking link in the first place. 
I should have hey. read the whole thing first. Hey, man, he's a circus act. It's a rare form of encephalitis, which is an inflammation of the brain. Ugh. That's why I told you not to let your brain swell. We have ghosts. You got ghosts over there? Microphone ghosts? My mic. You know what? I, I think... The ghosts are just slowly moving the microphone away from your face. Every, and they're like, no. Every... You're done. Every time enough of this bullshit. Every time I do a bad impression or I make a bad Harry Potter joke, the ghosts in the room just <laughs> slowly, move slowly push my microphone away I mean, from my face. This house was built in 1910. It's probably haunted. It's It was just a loose mic stand. Uh, it was a ghost. Well. It was the ghost of good podcasts. Por que no los dos? <laughs> it, anyway, this form of encephalitis leaves the victims in a statue-like condition, unable to speak or move. Nah. No thanks. <laughs> For some unknown reason, between 1915 and 1926, there was an epidemic of encephalitis lethargica that spread around the world. <laughs> Stuck on the Harry Potter thing? No, I was just envisioning <laughs> a bunch of people just like stopped in the street. Yeah, uh, basically. Not while standing. There were five million people who were affected by it. Did they die? A third of whom died in the acute stages. <laughs> Many of those who survived never returned to their pre-existing Aliveness, so they were stuck in this like Ugh. motionless state for the rest of their lives. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> Oliver Sacks wrote a book about it called Awakenings, which was also made into more a- like a sleepenings, bro. <laughs> Getting there, dude. Okay. Also, that's a horrible. That's that's the worst <laughs> name I ever heard. I'm just saying. It's my new book, A Sleepenings. <laughs> I'm sleep. <laughs> Gucci. It's Gucci. Uh, the causes were... Oh, no. Oliver Sacks. Well, I didn't finish that because you started talking about sleepings. My B. He started studying this stuff in 1969. And he was, nice. he was a neurologist working at a hospital that... <laughs> it's the sex number, bro. I said nice. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. It took me a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> we out here. <laughs> He was working at a hospital at which there were a few patients uh, who had contracted encephalitis lethargica in the 20s and in 1969 were still in a, like, vegetative state. For 40 years? Mm-hmm. Where was this? Uh, I don't know. Was it in the States? Yes. Okay. And he decided or somehow came to the conclusion that this drug called L-DOPA, l D-O-P-A. L-Dopeness. L-Dopa, which is now commonly used to treat uh, people with Parkinson's. Oh, interesting. Might be able to help some patients with encephalitis lethargica. Okay. So he decided to give some of the, well, he actually rounded up 80-some patients from a bunch of U.S. hospitals who had encephalitis lethargica and did this study with them and the drug L-Dopa. Can I just ask one quick question? Sure. Was he basically going like, all right, I got to go find people who have a similar, like this came on in such a way it had the, it caused these symptoms. Mm. Cause like, I mean, they must not have known what was going on. Right. By the sixties they did. Oh, they did. Yeah. But did they know what was causing it? No, they still don't. We still don't know what caused 5 million people to develop this in around the same time. Dude, I got to get out of here. (laughs) I'm, so, I'm moving <laughs> to, to some, where? Uh, yeah, somewhere to where? super far, an island. Well, we don't know what causes it. Maybe island living is the root cause. But at least they'll maybe be... Co- it's, maybe it's a rare form of uh, like no. mutant coconut juice that causes it. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Exposure to sand. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Salt water causes Everything it. will kill me. <laughs> so I, I came across this. Uh, he did an interview in the late 90s about his time at this hospital and when he decided to do this study. So I pulled a little bit of audio from it. So I hesitated, and I hesitated for two years. They'd been put away for for 40 years, and I didn't know what coming back to the world and coming back to a world which was not their own might mean to them. And then finally my hand was forced because so many of the patients were terribly disabled. Some of them couldn't feed themselves. Some of them were dying. So he was debating, like, is this an ethical thing to do? Because I don't, I, by definition, don't have any of their permission to be doing this. And, and what is going to be the consequence of 
Like, I don't know what's the, if this works, if it brings them out of this condition, what state are they going to be in? Where, have they been conscious of what's been going on for the last 40 years? Are they going to want to be here? Are right. they going to be otherwise? How, like people have been like confined to wheelchairs and beds and stuff for 40 years because they can't move. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially like a waking coma kind of. Yeah. Like, but a, they didn't know, like, are they hearing and seeing and right. observing what's going on right. all the time? Or have they, is it like being asleep for 40 years? Cause it's basically like full body paralysis. Yeah. Fuck. And so eventually he decided to do it because he you know, came to the conclusion that they were just going to die otherwise. So what's, so it was what's worth really worse than dying? Yeah. yeah. Right. The first feeling was that it was just wonderful to be alive after being dead so long. So he did it and it worked with like most of them. And people, what do you mean it worked? Like they came they back out of it? They stood up and started walking around and talking to him. Shut up. Yeah. And so he started asking them like, hey man, what's what's going on? How do you how do you feel about the 60s? And so this, this voice... He, the first feeling was that it was just wonderful to be alive. I mean, they couldn't have stood up, after right? After being There's, dead so long. I'll post a link to the video. People started standing up out of their wheelchairs and walking around. But wouldn't your muscles have atrophied to the point of like... Apparently not. How's that I mean, they were still alive. Well, right. But I mean, if you're not actually doing like anything resistance worthy... I don't know, dude. <laughs> but it, that's what happened. What the fuck? Yeah. It's... There's... Uh, well, for those of you listening, scroll down. There's a YouTube video. You can see footage of people standing up and... Walking around and singing songs and after getting around. dosed with Ladopa, yeah, Eldopa, yeah, for the like first an time. injection, and within hours they were back amongst the living. After for some of them forty years of being essentially dead, joy to be alive. I would have been like, "What took you so long, <laughs> motherfucker?" Well, they didn't necessarily know. That was the crazy part. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying he was like, "I had a suspicion for a while, but I didn't know what I should do with it." <laughs> well, it was only two years for him. All right, that's fair. And she. Came to 1969. She kept talking about 1926 and talking about Gershwin and others who were current then. She said, I know it's 1969. I feel it's 26. I know I'm 64. I feel I'm 21. She said, I've been a spectator for the last 43 years. She was 21 when she got sick and woke up at 64. I'm disturbed. I don't know why I've decided to do this. I feel like you I'm go just to bed speaking at 21 and wake up at 64. Yuck. Yikes. What the fuck. So for the vast majority of people who received L-Dopa in this study of, I think it was like 82 or 83 people. Yeah. They came back to life. And some of them either because of what he was just describing, like, I missed 43 years. They're like, can you, going from 19, whoa, 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 that'd be 20, 1926 to 1969. World was a little bit different. Oh yeah. I mean, also not to mention things like, uh, sorry, your whole family's dead. Yeah. Your parents died. Yep. And as you were a spectator, you basically watched your parents visit you and visit you and get older and visit you and get older and visit or, you and get older and then stop visiting you one day and you fucking realize they died and you were just like fucking paralyzed. Oh, I hate it so much. Also, now you're 64 and you don't know anything and you've never been married and you, you have no you marketable have no skills or and you live ways in to make an income. Mm -hmm. And so between that and there were some oh, side effects that caused boy. people to have like involuntary movements and stuff. A lot of the people were like, no, stop giving me that. I want to go back. I, I would rather go back to being in my zombie state. Zombie state. It, could, did, is that the medical way that it worked, though, that you had to continue taking the medicine to yeah, come out of because it? Because they didn't have a, they still don't have a cure for it because they don't know what causes it. So basically, you can treat some of the symptoms of it, but there's no flat out cure for it. So as long as they were would keep receiving L-DOPA, it would minimize the symptoms to where they could be varying degrees of functional. 
depending on the individual, but it didn't cure it. So I actually have one more, one more bit of audio with Sachs talking about that. I didn't realize there would be this, this sort of resurrection in the summer of 69. And I certainly didn't anticipate how grim things might become afterwards. Within a matter of days, it was clear. In some patients, the drug not only triggered strange gestures, but grotesque appetites for sex, for food. And sometimes after eating, to sort of stuff, stuff their fingers on napkins into their mouth, and they felt they were losing control then, and uh, losing dignity. Some of the patients decided it was better to have dignity in purgatory than life without any pride. Leonard asked to be taken off the medication. Within hours, he returned to his frozen state, bright eyes inside a concrete body. Fuck out of here. And in the end, Rose, the reawakened flapper, couldn't accept the 64-year-old body trying to dance to those girlhood memories. She said she didn't like our television age, as she called it. And after 10 days of the sort of strange 1926-ish animation, she rather suddenly went back to this trance-like state and nothing we could do after that sort of had any effect on her. <laughs> Ryan's just staring at me. The crazier Bruh. part is the, the second woman that he was describing who just, like, they didn't even stop giving her the the drug. She was just like, no, I'm I'm leaving. Goodbye. Yeah. And you guys can't bring me back. I don't like your television age. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. There's actually a way less disturbing movie based on this story called Awakening, starring Robert Williams and or Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Where, really? Where Robin Williams is is the doctor that cures people, and Robert De Niro is one of his patients who comes to life and is good-looking, witty, charming Robert De Niro, and they go on some weird buddy adventures and together. And make out. <laughs> Basically. Cool. Yeah. Would watch. Mm-hmm. Um, weird. Yeah. So if you want a less horrifying version of that story, you can watch Awakenings. Weird. Yeah. The weirdest part is that nobody knows still in 2018 what causes it and why there were suddenly 5 million cases of it and now it's super rare. What was the whole... I saw something about, like, you sent me one article about it and I did not know any of the shit you just told me, but I saw something about, like, strip streptococcus bacteria or something what about what about it that some people strep throat causes you to miss 43 years well no that somebody was somebody was um somebody was saying that encephalitis lethargica was like potentially caused by a certain strain of streptococcus or something like that oh i haven't seen that Maybe I, maybe I just found that doing some Googling, maybe it was just a... I mean, we've gotten pretty far into us talking about medicine without saying anything horrifically dumb, I think. Yeah. This would be a good time to maybe tell people that strep throat causes you to be dead for 43 years. Um, we haven't spread too much misinformation yet this episode, I don't think. No, but I don't think this is necessarily misinformation. Okay. The one... <laughs> I'm just saying... The, no, the, I was I was just going to wrap things up but if we want to speculate about strep throat i guess we can well we also don't have to <laughs> i mean you got a you got a source or anything over there i got a bbc article okay well that's a start called the What's mystery of the forgotten plague uh it says dr dale and dr church two doctors began analyzing patients to see if they dr. had dale. anything in common 20 they brought together 20 patients who had encephalitis lethargica um and the first clue that they found was that most people around them commented that they had had a sore throat before they had gotten Dude, ill. Now you're just going to scare people even more. Next time your throat hurts, you might wake up 43 years later. The doctors started looking for evidence Fuck. of bacterial infections, particularly streptococcus bacteria, which is a common cause of sore throats. They discovered that all of the encephalitis patients that they had found had a rare form of streptococcus bacteria inside of them. 
and that a bacteria that causes simple sore throats had mutated into a much more severe form, which triggered attacks of encephalitis lethargica, which proceeded to be the bacteria that attacked their brains and caused their lifelike but coma states. I wake up tomorrow at 75 and somebody's going to tell me, oops, sorry, we forgot to give you some amoxicillin back in 2018. Well, that's Um, an especially terrifying note to end on. See you guys next. All right, don't get sick. (laughs) We out of here. Fuck. No, we won't end on that. We can't end on that. We have to say some other things. Um, Come here. I'm going to eat you. All right. Take us home, fat bastard. We've got got enough of these. Maybe we'll try to do another... We'll try to do another medicine one that's not as terrifying. Maybe yeah. more like uh, people who have superpowers from their medical conditions. Well, Wim Hof was was cool. He's, that's true. He's, he's exciting. He was, he's a he's a superpower. He's, he's spreading the hippie cold love throughout yeah. the world and warm. Why not? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I, I'll say this. Uh, we're we're coming up on 150 reviews on iTunes, and last time we got to 100, we did a really super fun live episode with you guys for two hours. And we said that when we get to 200, we'll do another one. So if you guys haven't left an iTunes review yet and you want to, it helps us out a lot. And uh, if you want to go do that on iTunes, please do. And um, yeah, we'll do another live episode from inside the studio and we'll show you our Gucci, our framed Gucci main lyrics and, <laughs> and our, and our listener gifts and our space blankets. And, uh, and we'll have another weird time. And uh, yeah. With that, with that, we love you and we'll see you next week. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com. I said I ate a baby Yes, I really did Think it was a baby But maybe was a kid I don't know A toddler or something But now that I ate it My tummy's bumping It's kind of grumbling and being weird I don't know I don't think that I should be here Uh, There's too much baby in my tummy I'm feeling weird Now my face is getting nummy Oh boy. Bars! We out of here! <laughs> Baby bars! <laughs> <laughs>